The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 29 through 33 of The Shadow Rising, book four of The Wheel of Time. Last time... So previously, Matt and Rand visited Ruidian, where Matt immediately finds another twisted doorway and immediately, without any deliberations, just jumps right through it. And it goes just about as well as you'd expect. Uh, Meanwhile, Rand gets brain-basted with the history of the Aiel all the way back to the Age of Legends. And there's like a whole lot to unpack there that I I really wouldn't even attempt to explain, but trust me, it's really cool. In fact, you you guys should listen to the uh, previous episode where Jeff does a great summary of of the entire (laughs) history of the Aiel. Uh, Yeah. Uh, But then Rand rescues Matt from a probably deserved hanging and they get ambushed by dust monsters and that's the end of the episode. Oh, wait, no, there's this, all this really <laughs> shitty stuff with Perrin and Fael. And I've decided, by the way, that their combined name is uh, Phelan. Yeah. That's good, that's good. Yeah, Fael and, uh, and Perrin. It's not Pale? No, it's, it's Phelan. Phelan, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, they get to the two rivers and Perrin goes for a dream walk. And he meets a mysterious and expositiony character who goes through a weird metal tower. I don't know. That's it. Yeah, that's really that it. happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, this these chapters are all about... Perrin and Fael, and honestly, I thought they were pretty good. You know, they, they've been Perrin and Fael bickering for a whole lot, but then they finally do what they're trying to do. Yeah, I was. Uh, it, it's it's actually uh, it's kind of a bummer because right after I came up with that great name, Phelan, they they actually stopped being so irritating. This, this entire <laughs> set of chapters, they're they're quite tolerable. Yeah. So chapter twenty nine, Homecoming, with the icon of the Dragon's Fang. So, Team Perrin, which at this point is. Perrin and Fael and Gaul and Bane and Shiad and Loyal. Loyal. I know. Yeah. Who's the real victim here, by the way? <laughs> so they come to uh, Rand's old farm, uh, or Tam's farm, I guess is what it is, but it's been burnt down. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. I want to, b- before we get to the Rand's farm, I want to point out that there's this paragraph here, um, right at the beginning of the chapter, where we just like get this, this dump about Perrin's family, which is interesting because, like, we, we talked about it before, how Perrin has this family that we know he must have because he's he's an apprentice for the Luhans, but, like, he yeah. never talks about his family, like, ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I, I think he's literally never mentioned them, right? Like, maybe there was he a... mentioned his sisters. There was, like, a brief reference to his sister once or twice. Yeah. But I feel like maybe Jordan got to this point and realized he'd, like, forgotten to talk, to, talk about them at all. So we had this, like, long paragraph where he lists all of his family members... And then that's it. <laughs> then we move on. It's, it's like, and he thinks, well, I, I never really saw them because I work for the Luhans. Yeah, it's just like, it, it's weird. It's this weird, like, overdrive, like, jam where he's like, and then, oh, you know, my aunt, my uncle, and my, like, all these cousins, and, you know, and it becomes evident later well, why yeah, it's important. He's coming home and he's looking forward to seeing his family. Yeah. And we finally figure out how long it's been. It's been one year. He gets back to Emmons Field and he's saying, he's talking about the damage he remembered from Winter Night a year gone. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Because we weren't sure about the time on that timing on that, were mm-hmm. we? So all the stuff that's happened up until, until now has been ha- has happened over the course of one year. And yeah. it's bananas. The yeah. world has changed. Yeah. So they camp out at Tam's old burned farm, and Tam is gone. Yeah, and, and it's, it's Trollocs again, right? Like the Trollocs. It seems that his Trollocs came and destroyed everything. Yeah, it looks yeah. like Trollocs. Yeah. Which, uh, dang, Trollocs still. I know. The, also, don't they just like randomly poop? Places. They, they do. Yeah. Yeah. They, they quote unquote befoul things. They, 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 they just like shit everywhere. Yeah. 
And then, like, yeah, they rub their shit on things and rub shit, th- shit things in their shit. It seems like a thing. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a bar at Chili's on a Friday night. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Damn. <laughs> Chili's marketing representative sent your emails to hello at thedragonreread.com. <laughs> So there's still there's still this feud going on between Perrin and Fael. But the, so Perrin sneaks off with Gaul away from where they're camping to go to Emmons Field. Right. I'm not exactly sure why he sneaks off. Yeah, I, I mean, but, I, I guess but, Perrin still has this idea that he's going to somehow leave her behind. I don't know why he thinks that would work at this point. It's not like they're very far from him to go, but... Yeah. Yeah. So they head to Emmons Field, and we get a whole bunch of uh, wonderful Emmons Field stuff. This place is like a dream... This idyllic small town. You it know, really is, yeah. Where everybody like kind of chips in, and even the mean people are like neighborly, and they're all self-contained, and everybody works at their own house. And then they they head into the inn, the Brandywine, right? Which I just realized the that the guy's name is Brandlewine, right? Or Brandle Brandlewin. His name is Brandlewin Alvere, and he owns the Brandywine Inn. He was named after the inn. Aimed at, named at the inn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, he he heads in and and meets with. Egwene's parents who mm-hmm. run the inn. Yeah, we see Brandable the cannibal again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we find out. It's still up to his old cannibal tricks, no doubt. So, yeah, we, it's almost like he hasn't aged at all. That's weird, yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably from eating the flesh of the young. <laughs> Are we sure it was Trollocs that burned down that farm? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's really easy to cover something like that up if you just shit everywhere, right? <laughs> if nobody, if you, listeners, you don't know what we're talking about, please go back to episode one of The Eye of the World. Yeah, where we first discovered that Bran Alvear is a cannibal. <laughs> Brandable. Look, the evidence is very clear, okay? <laughs> it's everywhere. You just have to look. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> and so he, Perrin kind of walks in on uh, Bran Alvere and Marin Alvere, Egwene's parents. And I kind of really like this scene because they don't really recognize him at first. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't realize how much he's changed. Yeah, I, I mean, a year is not very long, but, you know, he's been through a whole lot. And he's got a beard now. Yeah, he's got a beard now. And <laughs> yellow eyes that glow in the dark. Right, also true. <laughs> and he's got an axe, and, you know, I guess he carries himself like a guy who kills people a lot, because... He kills people a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird, too, because, like, he, speaking of the axe, they, Robert Jordan constantly makes references to him, like, caressing and fingering the axe. It's weird. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He occasionally cuts himself on it. It's, it's I know, right? Like, dude, if you're going to finger the axe, you got to, like, know what you're doing, right? <laughs> on, finger right? responsibly. It's like, blade out. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, of course, the sneaking away did nothing because Fael followed him. And I have to say, I've got a new favorite character for the entire series. Yeah? Mistress Alvir. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. Um... Uh, Gaul, Gaul the Aiel shows up there and she's just like whatever good to good to see you and he does this whole ceremony with her and he gives her this incredibly <laughs> uh, this a gold salt cellar which is what do they say their parent added there was a piece to equal it in the whole two rivers certainly not in gold yeah. um, so it's this you know precious precious piece here and she just takes it all in stride and is very welcoming and she's like the consummate hostess right like yeah she's, she's, she 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 has her idea of, of manners, and it doesn't matter who they are or what they're doing. It it's transcends like, culture, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's great. great. Yeah, yeah. I like the bit where Perrin thinks, should I tell her that was looted from the Stone of Tear? <laughs> nah. Probably not. Nah, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, Perrin's like, here's my IEL friend, and here's some treasure. Oh, and here's my crazy my crazy girlfriend and her IEL friend. <laughs> here's some more treasure. Oh, yeah, and that's loyal to Ogier, but he's not really relevant to what's going on here. <laughs> Uh, but this scene is honestly really sad because yeah. 
they have to inform Perrin that his entire family is dead. Yeah. You know, it'd be a lot worse if they hadn't just introduced them like two pages ago. Like, that's... I feel like if you want to make a strong emotional scene, then you need to do your homework, you know? I mean, like... Mm -hmm. Set it up. Yeah, I feel like it's just this feeling that Jordan... Is like the kid who forgot to do his homework, so he's like trying to cram in ten minutes before the quiz. <laughs> so he's like, like two pages, literally two pages ago, he's like, and here's all the parents' family, and the parent never talks about. And then it did still have some emotional. He showed us with parents' reactions, right? Like parent clearly is feeling, but like I think it would be more impactful for the reader if we had literally any idea about, about what these people are like, you know? I, I think it's just further evidence that Robert Jordan did not expect the series to go on any longer. I, that's, I think that's probably true. He 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 probably never thought that it would be important, like, the for parents' character. Mm-hmm. He never thought their, the, the family was going to be a thing. Yeah. And then they were, you know? So, I don't know. Because parents' story is definitely breaking apart from the others and going off in a direction that was not anticipated. Um, and I'm, I, I kind of have to wonder if this is just something Robert Jordan manufactured kind of last minute when he realized, oh, shoot, I have to write book number four now. <laughs> well, like, you know, this is, if you take Lord of the Rings as the template for these books, which to a large extent it is, the Lord of the Rings ends with the scourging of the Shire, mm-hmm. where the, you know, the outside world comes to the Shire and threatens to ruin everything that yeah. was so kind of idyllic about it. And this is, this is that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a book late, and it is not conclusive. Right. I, I, thought, I just thought it was kind of strange, because, I mean, we have, we're a little over halfway through this book. There were, even if Robert Jordan had waited until this book to start, introdu- start like, reminiscing about parents' family, he could have done it 450 pages ago. <laughs> like, like why, why were there not scenes with Perrin, like, talking about like oh you know like anything like pre- preparing us for the scene mm-hmm. but it's literally two pages ago that he does all of the the introduction for that yeah. so, i don't know it's, they it's, did it's lampshade it a little bit in this scene because uh marin alvier talks about the letters she got from Egwene in the white tower and, uh-huh. and kind of thinks i didn't send any letters <laughs> I, I actually made a note about that because i was like that's that is a great it's something i've always kind of wondered about like mm-hmm. What must the two rivers people think happened to their? Yeah, their, yeah. Their... Perinek thinks like I haven't. I left a note on the mantelpiece. What I left in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like do Rand and Matt's parents think that they're dead? <laughs> yeah, maybe we know, right. We know Rand and Matt's fathers both went to Tarvalon looking for him. Right, mm-hmm. that's true. And we know we know that uh, Egwene's writing letters, but no one else is. It's <laughs> it's surprising to me because it feels like the Emmons Field now is not does not align with the Emmons Field of back then because, remember, it was such a huge deal in Emmons Field when a lady showed up, much less knowing... She, they didn't even know she was an Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. And that was such a big deal. And the, just a peddler coming and the occasional fireworks was such a major thing. But now they we have Aiel coming into the village. We've got... We know that two of the girls from the village are going to be Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got an Ogier showing up and they seem to take it more in stride. Yeah, the Ogier shocks them. Yes, yeah. that's true. The Ogier is shocking, but uh, I guess maybe because they've been occupied by the White Cloaks, they're more used to outside. Yeah, people I think now? I mean, there's Trollocs and there's White Cloaks, and there's all sorts of things happening in mm-hmm. the two rivers right now. So they may have become a little bit more tolerant of shocks. Okay, so and far less insular than they were before. Yeah, more open to the outside world, or, okay. or maybe just more. What's the word? Beaten down. More kind of. Uh, they have less energy to spend on being surprised at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do get some pretty sweet stuff between Perrin and Fael, though. Yeah, I like this. I think this is one of his best 
relationship scenes that he's written. Uh-huh. I actually, I, I actually completely agree. Because parents, you could tell Perrin is in shock, and everybody around him knows that he's in shock, but he's sort of not processing his emotions for a second. Which I thought was very realistic too, the way Robert Jordan wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's still kind of trying to think about. He's trying to talk about this other stuff that's really not relevant right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody else knows that he's that you know he's losing it, and he eventually cries in Fidel's arms uh, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. This is uh, this is, might be one of the first times I didn't hate Perrin and Fayil together. <laughs> you know, like they, they they supported each other in a way that made sense for a relationship. Well, they supported each other in a way. Have we seen that between any other male and female character in this, so far in this series? Mm, I, no, right? Uh, well, what what good relationships do we have? I mean, Nynaeve and Leon, the little we've seen of it. That's still kind of a weird relationship, and it's not, and it's, and it's, um, what do you call it? It's an unfulfilled relationship, like an un, un, uh, consummated, know, sort of not, unconsummated, not, not literally, but, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of un, it's, it's unconsummated. It's like they've never actually gotten together. They just kind of like want to right. be together and can't. Um, I mean, you could, there's not with any primary characters. Obviously, there's like, um, you know, the the Alviers here as a as a couple, and there's lots of like married couples that we've come across, but mm-hmm. like. There are no central characters who are in a, like a real relationship at this yeah. point. Yeah, and I think I think this really is exceptional that we have this point where it's very a very equitable relationship where they're taking turns supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the difference here is that Fail is she stops being a shithead when Perrin has this really awful grief filled moment. Yeah, and she like kind of gets over it. Yeah, real yeah. quick. Yeah, I mean like. Although, yeah, there's something I briefly skipped over, is that here's where she finds out what Perrin's plan is, mm-hmm. which is to go have the White Cloaks kill him to protect his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, she lays into him pretty hard for that. Yeah, but that, that explains to her, because she didn't know, apparently, up to this point, why Perrin was trying to get rid of her. Right. Mm-hmm. And she actually says something very sweet. Um, Perrin's talking about how the White Cloaks, he, he has killed White Cloaks, and that's why the White Cloaks are after him, and they think he has to be a dark friend. And she whispers harshly, you are no more a dark friend than I, the sun, could be a dark friend first. Which I thought was a really beautiful thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so we get some other information about what's going on in the two rivers. There's Trollocs riding around, trashing stuff, but not killing everybody in the, the town for some reason. And there are white cloaks there, which we already knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the white cloaks are like, technically protecting the townsfolk from the Trollocs? Yeah, At least it, the townsfolk believe that they are. Right, exactly. They, they, they feel like the, the White Cloaks are the only thing keeping the Trollocs at bay. Right, yeah. And there's uh, a, yet another person, Lord Luke, riding around, who's a hunter for the horn. We, who t- and he totally is not going to end up being a huge shithead at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every, yeah. every horn hunter every horn hunter we've met so far has been shitty, right? Not Fael. I like Fayu. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, okay. And, and they know about Pat and Fane, too, and that he's with the White Cloaks, and he calls himself Ordeeth. Right, yeah. And, oh, yeah, and the White Cloaks have taken the Luhans and Matt's family, except for his father, mm-hmm. in, into captivity. Mm-hmm. Right. And they probably would have taken Perrin's family, except they all got killed. Right. Yeah. Uh, by it's, the Trollocs. It's an interesting situation to be in. They, they think they need the White Cloaks here, even though the White Cloaks are incredibly oppressive, they need them for that protection. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think of other historical examples where that's been the case, where you have people occupying ostensibly to protect the people, and I guess it's better than the alternative, you know? TSA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, the people who make the trains run on time. Yeah, I mean, 
the occupying force in Iraq. Yeah. Right? Something yeah. like that. Or just a lot of dictatorial regimes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very common. You know, if the White Clothes want these people to be docile, the best thing that can happen is to have Trollocs riding around. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Perrin cries it out. Chapter 30. Beyond the Oak. Icon of the Flame of Tarvalon. So, Perrin has now officially given up on the self-sacrifice plan, because there's no one left to save. Right. Yeah. Him. And now what he wants to do... Uh, he's actually very steadfast in this this whole series of chapters. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to go rescue the, the people that the White Cloaks are holding, and then I'm going to kill all the Trollocs. <laughs> yeah, those are like his two objectives, yeah. and like all the way through. And everybody, like, nobody takes him seriously, really, when he says that, but that's exactly what he does. Like, he does a straight-line path to do those things. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rescue those people, and I'm going to kill all the Trollocs. And he repeats himself <laughs> a lot. He's like, this is my yeah. plan. These are the things I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. On Loyal says that he'll sing to the apple trees that Perrin's family is buried under, just oh, in case you needed so your nice. heart to be tugged even more. I know, yeah. Buried under the apple trees that were his mom's favorite apple trees, and he thinks about, you know, his, his little brother used to sit in apple trees and throw apples at people. Oh. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah, to me, I was just like, this is Robert Jordan playing catch-up still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're so cynical. I'm sorry. I just like, yeah. like, like, like I, 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 I've... Read some really good, powerful emotional scenes in, in the past, and I was just like, I'm disappointed that this is like kind of softballed into me. You know? <laughs> well, I noticed right here, Fail basically starts planning La Resistance immediately yeah. in this scene. You know, she's like, well, this we're gonna have to organize people, and we're gonna have to get, we're gonna find, you know, Tam and Abel and all this stuff, which is, you know, she seems a useful person to have. Yeah, for sure. And she yeah. stops being a dipshit. Yeah, which I mean, is really important. She is, she is a very useful person. Like she's smart and she's like she's very skilled and presumably she has a lot of experience. It's it's increasingly unclear exactly what her area of experience has been in the past. But you know, right? Yeah, this, like Merchant's daughter does not seem to fit. You know. Yeah. And she's all like she comes in and everybody treats her like a like a noble born lady, and your parents are like, wow, she really knows how to act like a noble born lady. I wonder where she learned that. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he taught, he, my, my father's a soldier guards. Right, yeah. Merchants. yeah. merchant has his guards. That's why she knows all this about military stuff. Right. Huh. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Right. And so so Perrin has, has decided, like, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to solve these problems. And all of his friends stay to help him, which is really sweet. Yeah. Even loyal. Uh, yeah, Gaul stays with him because water oath. He owes him a like blood that. debt. Blood debt. He yeah. says. Yeah, and Fail stays because of love. And Bane and Chiad... Unclear. They stay for Fael for whatever reason. I still yeah. don't really understand why they're with her. We never got a satisf- satisfactory explanation yeah, for that. Beyond really, no. they thought that her relationship with Perrin was really funny, which that is, the only, is a weak reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah the only, that's the only Taverin. Yeah, yeah Taverin, there we yeah. go, Taverin. But yeah, and Loyal stays, which ah, oh. yes, and he's like, you know, maybe this will be a good story too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Loyal's still my favorite. Such a bro. Yeah, he's good. And uh, bro. bro yeah. Damn it. I was trying to think like Broyal. Broyal. Yeah. Brogier. Brogier. He's a Brogier. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Brogiers before Hogiers, man. Yeah. <laughs> we got our new t-shirt. Right. And uh, so they decide to sneak out. And Marin Alvir, who you're right, is MVP of this section. Yeah, she's great. She organizes everything. 
<laughs> oh, there's like a little scene in the kitchen where she's got tea for <laughs> Loyal. And oh he's, yeah, he's drinking out of like a giant bowl because <laughs> there's nothing that can hold. Yeah, right. She has all the the Aiel sitting at her table, like washing their hands and and sharing tea mm-hmm. because she's like the ultimate hostess. It's pretty great. But yeah, they're building their little scrappy ragtag band of rebels. It looks like. But unfortunately, when they leave, they sneak out, right? Because they're yeah. going to go meet at the old sick house. But they mm-hmm. run into Senbui. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mean old Senbui. Yeah. The village crank. <laughs> yeah, which it looks like they might be busted. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, I think Marin Alvier just browbeats him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, and Fayil is uh, admiring of her ability to manipulate him. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is annoying, though, because I don't, I don't trust that he's not going to immediately go report on Perrin to the White Close because he's weak and... There's no reason for him not to. Like, there, he can only benefit from doing it. So why did they not just kill him? Yeah. Kill him? Well. Yeah, they should have. Well, they're, he's send, their friend. He said he was going to send Bowie? Yeah. No. Yeah. He's, he's on like, the village council. He's like. This is Emmons Field. You don't kill people. So. Shut up. Alice, while I. <laughs> like, okay. Whoa. I actually kind of agree with Alice that. <laughs> what? The best thing they could have done would be, would be kill him. However. Kill him? No, I mean, like, he's going to. Like, I, I think it's unbelievable that he's not going to go to the White Cloaks. He hasn't yeah. done it yet. No, you're right. right. He hasn't done anything wrong, and you don't know that he's gonna, not going to go to the White Cloaks. In fact, he indicates, and Marin indicates, that he's not going to go to the White Cloaks. No, she's like, I don't think he's going to... Like, she doesn't seem sure about no, it. No, she says, if you do, then your wife, who's on the village council, is going to be really mad at you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's bad. Because, ha, 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 you know, in Robert Jordan's world... When the women are angry, it's it'd be like terrible. <laughs> you'll be you know? sleeping in the on the couch, man. <laughs> yeah. The worst but, thing. Okay. Uh, you'll be eating shit. First, That's what yeah. they say. <laughs> eating what your milk cows leave. <laughs> That's true. Okay. First of all, this is Emmons Field. These people are all neighbors who've lived with each other their entire life. They can't just up and kill each other. Well, uh, not with that know. attitude. And they'd have to live like all of his friends and stuff would be out to kill them or something. It's it's a terrible idea. Second of all, if you want to get the townspeople to be behind you in a revolution against the occupying power. <laughs> you can't go killing the town elders because they might inconvenience you. Fine. I mean, we could make it look like an accident. I mean, he's old. He, probably could, he could have, like, a heart attack he's or an He's a Thatcher. Aneurysm. You're right. He might have fallen off a roof. Yeah, just, I know. Broke just his... choke him out and throw him off a roof. Like, and Loyal, break his neck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he fell off the roof and broke his neck. How very sad. Yeah, and if nobody else sees Loyal, who's going to believe that an Ogier showed up <laughs> okay. and did it? Killing him would have been morally wrong, and Perrin is not going to do that. It would have been very practical, though. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! I, I have to say though, uh, so so they're talking about like this. The way they they're making their way through Emmons Field is like they put a cloak over over Loyal, and I'm just like, that's a stretch to me. Like he's, I wonder what's under that giant cloak. Probably not a big person. <laughs> <laughs> but, like the, their 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 explanation is like, oh yeah, they'll probably think that he's an adult and we're children leading a. A, a band of pack ponies. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a plausible explanation. <laughs> sure. I mean, just look like you know what you're doing. Maybe they should give him a clipboard so he looks you know, like he's supposed to be. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's that's their explanation for how they make it through town, but that seemed like quite a stretch to me. <laughs> well, they, they don't have a better plan. Yeah, uh, I guess it works. So they head to the old sick house, and it turns out the old sick house is occupied by a pair of Aes Sedai. And borders. And their warders, yeah. yeah. Now it's a party. Yeah, now it's a party. Uh, it's Varen, who I think is a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, like man, her. yeah, Varen's awesome. <clears throat> and Alana, that we don't know much about. Yeah, I, I know that she's someone we run into, but I remember absolutely nothing about I her. I think she's a dark friend. 
Probably. I mean, she seems awfully suspicious. What do we know about her? She's a green. She's Aja. A green Aja. What else do we know? She's got a temper. Um, she's very pretty. Um, and she came and watched Egwene and Nynaeve and Elaine turn spits for a while in the is, kitchens for is, no reason. Is that what it Yeah, that's right. She was the one who, that I do remember that. She was kind of creeping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's okay. like hanging out. She, she wanted them to like, she was like, I'll share their punishments. Spank me too. Right, oh, yeah. right. That was right? her. Okay, okay, thank you. So she I, really I wanted to get close to them. And apparently uh, Egwene told Perrin that she didn't trust her so that we have that information too. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But like, you don't trust any Aes Sedai, right? Oh, that's true. But anyway, they were hanging out at Watch Hill when the White Cloaks came. Yeah, they, they came to Emmons Field to find more girls who can channel. Yeah. They makes perfect this, sense. This is, this is actually, uh, they talk, They bring up the old, the genetics of channeling thing again. And I, mm-hmm. Varian mentions that the thing to do, because they were talking about <laughs> yeah. breeding uh, gentle men, which, you know, I mean, like, obviously not particularly ethical, but like, might be the most the best solution, and she points out that well, actually, we should be breeding gentlemen with Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. We want success. Yeah. She's not wrong, you know. Yeah, she's right. Obviously, yeah. the Aes Sedai didn't ha- didn't receive that very well, but you but know, yeah, I mean, you're, like, as she suggested that Alviarin suggested it. Alviarin is a white Aes Sedai, the logical ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course they came up with this plan, but the logic holds. Like the white Aes Sedai, if that's what they want to do, they should start having babies with men who can channel. Yeah. Do Do you think that? Holds up. Do we know that there's a genetic component to being able to channel? There's no such thing as genetics, since well, or, or well, the, it's it's not just a theory. Yeah. yeah. Well, the because the explanation we get for why there's so few women channelers left is because all the men who can channel are gone, essentially. Right. Yeah. That's, they're they're cold. That's, right. That's that's not that that's a theory, right? That that's what they think, and the, the way to test that theory would be to yeah. have a bunch of channelers they, breed. They do mm-hmm. believe that channeling is a heritable trait, mm-hmm. even if they don't know about genetics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the 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 argument they're making is that the reason that there are all these channelers popping up in the two rivers is because it's a place with like inbred. In, in, yeah. Essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like quote unquote pure blood from the the old times. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they point out that Terran Ferry doesn't have channelers because they're too mixed up with the, <laughs> the right. normal folk. Yes, too much communication with the outside world. Yeah. But they uh, they the Aes Sedai and the Warders don't kill them, which was a possibility. Because they're hiding. And it, and it turns out the Aes Sedai and the warders have been hidden by the women's circle. That's so only the women's circle know that they're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that they will make a fine addition to La Resistance. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know, that's, that's, that's a useful group. Yeah. So chapter 31, Assurances. Icon of the sunburst of the White Cloaks. I hate the White Cloaks. They are the worst. Yeah, so this is uh, a lot of the stuff we just talked about actually happens yeah, in this chapter. Yeah, genetic stuff. So the two other people show up, and they are Tam and Abel, who are Rand and Matt's fathers. Yeah, just coincidentally happened to be popping around around the same time. You know, Taveran. Taveran, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the White Cloaks have the the Trollocs supposedly have burned down Perrin's farm, and right. the White Cloaks have burned out. Tam and Abel's uh, farms and mm-hmm. captured all of their surviving relatives. Right. Because they're after Rand and Matt and Perrin and anybody connected to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense that those guys would be out on their own, you know, like Robin Hooding it in the woods. <laughs> it is a very Robin Hood kind of vibe. Yeah. We get some information from Varen too that I think kind of helps us start getting a sense of uh, times because Varen 
tells us that um, Sherian believes we may have spent the last 3,000 years calling the ability out of humankind by gentling every man. So we know that's when gentling started 3,000 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Which is something that was talked about in Ruidian. Yeah, okay. So yeah. That's, that's probably... So it's been 3,000 years the since the breaking of yeah, the world. Yeah, since the breaking of the world. And then she even says, and she says... Uh, even a hundred years ago, the records say that there are two or three men channeling a year and 500 years. And then she gets, unfortunately, Alana um, disrupts her. So I think 500 years ago would have been that time in Ruidian with Jonai when he's talking about there's far too many men who can channel oh, around. Maybe, yeah. So we're, yeah, I mean, it's it's really loose, but we kind of get a bit of a timeline there. Oh, right. Okay. Because we didn't know if we were talking about, you know, yeah, dozens we, of we years no or hundreds yeah, yeah. or we thousands. We don't know how old Ruridian is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I think we could probably piece it all together. Yeah. If we were smart. <laughs> and we get that one of those great things from Loyal. Loyal muttered under his breath a muted rumble. Perrin caught angering Aes Sedai in Hornet's Nest. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Perrin is very pushy to these Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, what, what's your deal? Why are you here? I don't trust you. Which is, you know, good on him. Yeah. Well, so, so to that point, Fayil is like... Standing up for the Aes Sedai, and I don't understand why she's doing that. Have we? Fahil's never been pro Aes Sedai in the past, right? No, she hasn't. That's true. Yeah, she keeps saying things like "Parent," you know. Oh, I'm sorry about him. You know, like he's being rude. It's like maybe she's just trying to play the peacemaker or something. Yes. Yeah. It was. Just, it was. A, it was weird to me because I. I don't ever recall her being uh, an. You know, an Aes Sedai. Maybe they're trying to do good cop, bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the the Viren and, and Alana are here. Just on their own business, right? And they, they do not agree to help Perrin's resistance out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if they can resist the pull of Taverinness. <laughs> but Tam and Abel are totally on board with rescuing everybody. Of course they are. Yeah, right? it's their family, right? It's their family. And they're two rivers folk and or, yeah. or Emmonsfield folk and Emmonsfield folk are Great archers and great trackers, and so they're they're useful dudes to have around. Very true. And and uh, so Perrin is sort of Getting getting his little posse together to just go rescue the White Cloaks. I'm going to ride in a straight line to the White Cloak camp, and I'm going to rescue my my family members. And then I'm going to kill all the Trollocs. And then I'm going to kill all the Trollocs. <laughs> and when there's... I wanted to make a note of this, because Marin Alvir gives Fahil some advice on dealing with men. Yeah. And the advice is, you know, let them do what they want most of the time, so when it counts, you can rein them in, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Abel gives Perrin... Exactly the same advice. Yeah. Let them do what they want most of the time, so when it counts, you can just rein them in. Uh-huh. Which is, I think, it's, you know, it's a joke. It's mildly funny that they, they're That's, giving the same advice. Yeah. But also, this is the best relationship advice that has appeared in the entire series. <laughs> I, was, I was laughing because that's actually very close to what uh, my father said to my husband before we got married. <laughs> yeah, just let her do her own thing, but every once in a while gotta rein that in it's <laughs> good advice that's funny yeah i mean it's the best it's the closest thing to you know communicate and compromise right yeah which is good advice but you know that's something <laughs> but uh so anyway um tam and, and abel are really desperate for news of rand and matt right yeah yeah, and so, <laughs> I love it. Matt spends his time dicing and winning and kissing the girls. Rand, uh, um, he was wearing a fancy coat, and there was a pretty gold-haired girl with him. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what's going yeah, on. That's, that's, yeah, that's 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 better. That's oh, all. He's lying like an I said I. Come on, you gotta <laughs> tell Tam. You gotta tell him. He's gonna find out eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and also he's a dragon reborn. But they, you know that that, uh, that she's a really nice girl. <laughs> anyway, yeah. you guys want to get going? Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, right, yeah, that, that girl's the daughter of Andor. No big deal. Whatever, yes, you know. Whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. Who knows? They're, they're not calling it anything yet. They're just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually like this bit here where Viren is like, well, this is amazing to watch a Taveran at work. And Perrin denies that this is Taveran stuff. But it, just imagine this image, right? He's there. He's got glowing golden eyes. <laughs> he's surrounded by this retinue of oddballs. And he's leading this, like, desperate rescue mission. Like, how much more Taveran can you get, bro? <laughs> he's got, like, a halo of light behind him. And he's holding, like, a, a mighty axe. It's like, oh, I'm just, just a plain old normal guy. No, this is what anybody would do. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a line here, right before, like, right at the end of this little section with uh, Perrin. Um, that's kind of like a, like a badass line. Uh, let's see. Don't let it don't let it eat you inside, boy. Abel said softly. Hate can grow until it burns everything else out of you. And Perrin said, "Nothing's eating me. I just do what needs to be doing." And he runs his thumb along the end of his axe. <laughs> 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 He's like, "Okay, yeah. all right, man. Right, Someone's been hanging out with Land too much." <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also find out that uh, that Slayer is killing things in the real world. Mm-hmm. Whoever the heck Slayer is, because they're they're animals and stuff being found just killed for fun. And yeah, some of them skin, some of them not. And they talk about what a waste it is. Yeah, I like the bit where they're they're saying, "What are you going to do?" And he's like, "You know, I've heard that the Trollocs called the Isle Waste the Dying Ground. I mean, to make them call Emmons Field that." Yeah. <laughs> Which that's cool, but that's not a plan. <laughs> More of a goal. Right, right, right. Uh, that's yeah. I mean, you know. Let's work on that a little. We'll workshop that idea a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe put up some signs in Trolloc that say the dying ground. So yeah. they say, oh, that's the dying ground. That's the so, sign. Yeah, then we get to check in with uh, with the the villains. We get to have some perspective from Dane Bornhall, the leader of the White Cloaks, who's still obsessed with Perrin for whatever reason. He, Perrin, I guess. I guess he's, like, for a White Cloak, he's not as shitty. Like... He seems to have, like, some vague sense of honor where a lot of them are just, like, tortury and cruel. I mean, like, yes, he's obsessed with Perrin. Yeah, he, he tells people, like, don't torture those people for no reason. Right, exactly. I mean, torture them if, you know, it's convenient to torture them, but don't torture them for fun. As long as I'm around to stop you from whatever, you know. <laughs> right, right. He's okay for a white cloak. Well, yeah, like, he, you know, he's, he's actually, like, looking out for people, but, you know, he's... Still a little stalkery on Perrin, like... Yeah. I mean, I get it, Perrin's hot, but, like, girl, he's not into you, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he's taken. Yeah. And she's got knives. Yeah, you don't stand a chance. <laughs> Dan, you just don't stand a chance. <laughs> Move on. Yeah, so we find out that, you know, he's kind of being manipulated by Padden Fane slash Ordeath. Uh, we find out that Padden Fane slash Ordeath killed the Ibaras. It wasn't Trollocs. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Dane is not cool with that. Yep. He's not, you know... To his credit. ...doing anything about it. But right. But yeah, to his credit, he's not entirely cool with killing a bunch of children. <laughs> and the the Trollocs are apparently trying to kill Dane Bornhold, so the Trollocs like... aren't working for Padden Fane. That's what I was wondering. Like, it, it's difficult to like we don't we don't know for sure, and it's difficult to like. What I was wondering is is maybe they are, and Padden Fane is like trying to put pressure on the White Cloaks to make them easier to manipulate. It's hard to say, but yeah, it, it's difficult to tell. It seems like the Trollocs are a third faction here. Yeah, if that's the case, then who's running them? Because we know the Trollocs don't go places on their yeah, own, right? we don't know. And yeah, Grey Men tried to kill Dane, which mm-hmm. I guess Paddenfane could have set up as a you know, false flag, but... It made it definitely endeared him to the, the White Cloaks that he stopped these Grey Men, right? Yeah. Man, and, and the, like, I keep forgetting how... Like completely fuck nuts, 
Thane is. Like, there's a scene where, where Bornhold's talking to him, and he just, like, in the middle of it, he just, like, hunches down like an animal and just starts, like, drooling or something. Like, <laughs> right, like yeah. foaming at the, literally foaming at the mouth. Yeah, and, and they, they the, the changing around different accents and speaking in different voices yeah. is so common that Dane is like, oh, I like dealing with this voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this accent better. Like, like I, I, why doesn't Bornhold kill him? And every single time he, he has his orders. Yeah, yeah, I know. And every time Fane goes out with some of the some of the white cloaks, there's always a skirmish with Trollocs, and the white cloaks die. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones that work for Dane die. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. Time. yeah. Like, and th- th- that, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Like he's so you know he's killing your guys. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got to do something about this. But I guess he can't because his orders or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it, like it seems like he was trying to get get himself up to doing something about it, but then he doesn't. Yeah. yeah well, Thane used the the promise of getting him Perrin Ibarra. <sighs> yeah. As a a method of of controlling Dane. Right. So Thane is manipulating him. And, and presumably there's some magical aspect to it, right? I mean, like oh maybe there is. Mordeth is more death stuff. Yeah, Mordeth is has his like corruptive influence and. Spreads madness and, and hatred wherever he goes, or something, right? That's right. Like, like a plague. Yeah, maybe that's it. That's why all the white cloaks that work directly for him are like sloppy, <laughs> right? And don't make good campsites, <laughs> <laughs> right? Their tents are. That's how you can tell their picket evil. line is bad. <laughs> yeah, and in the tent, Sifane or Ordiath, whatever we call him, has a mirror and he's torturing the mirror for information or something. So it does not seem like he's on the same side as the Trollocs and mirror Yeah, this is really interesting. Like, like we know that um, we know that Fane has had tenuous relationships with Mirdral in the past. Um, mm, he nailed that one to a door yeah, that time. Yeah, it didn't, didn't go great for the Mirdral. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, he so he captured this one, and I, I guess he's trying to get it to, to work with him or serve him or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we know this time the Mirdral's voice sounds like dried snakeskin crumbling. <laughs> and we find out Mirdral can sweat. Oh, yeah. Because well, they're nervous. Yeah. yeah. Chapter 32, Questions to be Asked. Icon of the Dragon's Fang. So, the new team Perrin, which is Perrin and Fael, the Aiel. Loyal. Loyal, and Tam and Abel, Mm -hmm. who are, I think that's a really good addition. They set out to scout out, scout out the White Cloak camp. And this is, this chapter's pretty sad too, because they see a bunch of burned farms and empty farmsteads. And and Emmonsfield used to be this kind of vibrant farming community. And now it's just empty. It's being terrorized. And it's it's unclear why the Trollocs haven't killed everyone. Because mm-hmm. Perrin knows that's what they do. They love killing people. They kill people and poop on them. In that order. But uh, it's, it's unclear at this point why that is. So it maybe has something to do with this three-faction thing going on that we don't quite understand yet. Yeah, there definitely seems to be some, like, like Fane is clearly manipulating things, but he doesn't seem to be in control of all the pieces on the board. Yeah. So they head to this one particular farm, the Alcine farm, where several different families have gathered and they're all sort of gathering together and, and having strength in numbers. And they've, the other families have abandoned their own farms, so it's just packed with people. I talk about what a good man he is for taking in all of his local family people. Yeah. You know, two rivers folk. And a slight side note, but the Aes Sedai are really, really interested in Perrin right now. They're just like staring at him in the back the entire time. Yeah. yeah. And so at this farm, we, it's, you know, we see kind of all these people in this... Who, whose lives have been upended and refugees. they're also packed in. Yeah, refugees. Yeah. But they're like good-hearted farm folk, even the ones that are like assholes. <laughs> yeah. But they, as uh, they, they welcome Perrin in, they, we find out that Lord Luke is coming. This guy that we heard about. The infamous Lord Luke. Yeah. Chapter 33. 
a new weave in the pattern, a kind of the wheel of time. Uh, so we meet Lord Luke, who Perrin hates immediately. And, like, the feeling seems to be mutual. Lord Luke immediately seems to dislike him as well for some reason. Yeah. Lord Luke is a nobleman, and he's kind of arrogant. He looks down on people, but the people all kind of worship him, and Perrin hates to see his what he thought of as these rugged, individualistic, Emmons Fielder types idolizing this... Fawning kind of, over this douchebag. Yeah, this douchebag, right? He's a hunter for the horn, supposedly. But that... Like, his, his story seems really sketchy, and he's been giving people advice for how to resist the Trollocs, but Perrin decides, oh, your advice sucks. Uh, he's like, That's, that'll get you all killed. You guys should all organize to, and, you know, get into a big, like, everybody go to Emmons Field, organize, and resist the White Cloaks and the Trollocs at the same time. And all of a sudden, he's giving a speech. And, all, yeah, all of a sudden, he's giving a speech to all these people. <laughs> Better watch out. This is how you become the leader of a rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is, this is it. La resistance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it's not, he's not planning on it, but... Yeah, and, and Varen is there, and she's watching him, you know. Making notes in her little book. Making notes in her little book. And she tells him, like, I've never seen Taverin in action. He's like, what are you talking about? She's like, you you talked to them for five minutes, and now they're all packing up to move to another city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she also warns him to watch Alana. Yeah. Which is interesting. That so. is. Yeah, yeah. Varen is is, a, is an interesting character to me, because she she's a brown, she's brown Aja, so she's, like, supposed to be this, like, very, like, introverted, like detached, very research and book-oriented person, but she has these moments where it's clear there's a lot going on underneath the surface. Yeah. She, like, she's she's got dimensions that, that are only hinted at, so but... Is she playing a part when she's acting all vague, or does she just periodically decide to pay attention and, and become this very incisive person? Yeah, and we need to remember, too, that besides Swan, she, I think she's the only Aes Sedai that Moraine actually counts as... A friend, or as close as you can have yeah. friends well, in the White Tower. Yeah, she she wasn't someone that Morian intended to bring into the, the thing, but she figured stuff out and then right. had had a choice. But yeah, Varen is, is is about as in the loop as you that you can be as an Aes Sedai at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like it, it, to to answer your previous question, Jeff, it's it's difficult to tell whether whether this is an act, but it seems like it might be. It seems like she's trying to yeah. appear detached. And how much does she know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Perrin has gotten these people at this farm to head to Emmons Field, and uh, Luke takes off, Lord Luke. He doesn't, he doesn't like being overshadowed, right? Which is what happens when a giant tavern with a giant axe comes in. <laughs> That's right. Start and so they, speeches. they start traveling. Perrin and his team keep traveling along, only now they've attracted some young men who are saying, yeah, let's go rescue people. Hooray. Mm-hmm. And as they visit these farms, Perrin's like, well, I've got to go talk to them, too. And he, like, he rallies the countryside <laughs> as he goes farm to farm and gets them all to go to Emmons Field and organize into, like, a, a political unit, you know, to form La Resistance. <laughs> and, yeah, he's, like, snowballing. Every time he goes, he ends up with a couple more. He ends yeah. up with, like, two dozen, like, young men. Right, soldiers, yeah. You know? And he starts barking orders at them, like, this isn't a joyride. I'll send you back home myself. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's looking at him like, you know, you're, that's, you sound a lot like a leader there. And he's like, no, 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 just, you know, just telling him what's what. <laughs> and we get three paragraphs of shittiness with Fael because, you know, we got to have that. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, oh, I started okay. Xing it out. There's, there's the, is it all the, the jealousy stuff? Or yeah. Because yeah. Will oh, Alcine yeah. is so, so dreamy or something. I yeah, she makes eyes at, at Lord Luke and at Will Alcine, who is just a handsome local boy. Yeah. But I liked how Perrin came over and, like, bigfooted him a bit, like, how's it going, Will? 
Mm-hmm. And, and Will's like this giant yellow-eyed axe-wielding monster <laughs> comes by. It's fine. <laughs> and it's fine because uh, Will is uh, flirting with the eye yield later. And I'm sure that'll be yeah, just great for that'll Will. That'll be great, Will. <laughs> they finally make it to the White Cloak camp. And yeah, now they've got this whole company of soldiers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what use this company of soldiers is because Perrin and his core team decide to sneak in by themselves and not take all these stupid kids along with them. It's probably a good idea. And so this is, I think, the second time we've seen somebody sneak into a White Cloak camp. This is, yeah, because before it was uh, Egwene, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nynaeve, right? Egwene was Nynaeve prisoned. was the one who went and got all the horses freed. Oh. She's she caused with the land, diversion, right? yeah, and stole yeah, horses. Right. Yeah, and uh, it seems like it's really easy to sneak into White Cloak camps. Mm-hmm. They talk about how the as the White Cloaks patrol, they look straight ahead and they don't look down or to the side. <laughs> so, you know, I mean... I guess yeah, it's I guess pretty that's easy. Classic stealth level, right? Yeah, Just so stay out of line of sight. It's fine. Right. Yeah. So the core team gets in there. Even parent. Parent's really big. You know, even he makes it in. Yeah. And Fail sneaks in in a dress. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're they're, they're having no trouble with stealth. Right. Yeah. So this cool uh, this cool stealth mission. And I think, man. I've thought, said this before, but this is a good thing that Perrin brought those Aiel. <laughs> no, it's like it's so useful. It's, it's melting into the shadows, knocking yeah. people out. Yeah, I like that scene where there's a guard on either side of the tent, and like Perrin's looking at the one on the close end, and then the he sees the top of the spear tip on the other side of the tent, and then it just falls, <laughs> and there's no noise; it's just <laughs> gone. <laughs> and so that's great. Now, Aiel did most of the work, I would say. Yeah, that's right. I, I, well, Perrin and Fael did take out that one guy who was cho- well. Failed to take out that one guy yeah, who was that, <laughs> choking parent to death. <laughs> right, yeah. And he's, yeah, you know, it's a good thing you brought her along. So yeah. now she's a murderer too, I guess? Well, she didn't kill him. kill him. They yeah. didn't kill okay. any of these just, guys, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just popped him on the head. hit him so hard that they didn't get back up. Yeah. Broke their faces and their <laughs> yeah. arms. To quote Archer, that's like really bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they, it works, and they get, uh, they get the Luhans, and they get Abel's relatives, Abel's family, uh, they get them up and they put some white cloaks on them and they do exactly what a D&D party would do. Uh, we get on the horses and just ride away. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they escape from the confusion. It totally works. Uh, yeah, Varen decides to help them a little bit. Uh, apparently she's she's going to bring some rain to cover the yeah, tracks. Yeah, she's going to make it rain, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, if you're going to help, just help. Why do well, you get this weird thing? It's a workaround, right? Because she's not allowed to do anything to actually directly harm the White Cloaks, because that would violate her three oaths. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. She well, just... she's allowed to act in self-defense, so if she just, like, hangs out when the White Cloaks show up and they start attacking, then, you know. Yeah, I, I can loophole, see why right? she wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> loophole it. Yeah, if she could make fog or something like Maureen did. But the rain is pretty good. And so Perrin leads off the... He leads all the boys on a distraction. He finally found a use for them. He's like, make a whole bunch of noise and we'll ride around and the, the White Cloaks will chase us. Meanwhile, all the, the captives who have been rescued will head off with the rest of the team. Right. And uh, the boys are like, oh, what are we going to do next? And Perrin's like, we're going to kill all the Trollocs. <laughs> Dude, were you not listening? <laughs> we we rescued the people and now we're going to kill all the Trollocs. <laughs> right. We're going to kill every Trolloc. Yeah. All I'd say is, viva la resistance. Yeah, he's assembled quite a crew at this point, you know? Yeah, right? He's got two Aes Sedai, you know, sort of on tap. He's got one warder that you could probably count on, three Ail and Ogier. He's got these local dudes, Tam and Abel, who seem to know the score. Yeah, good archers. I mean, yeah. like, the, yeah, they, they could do some damage to this. Yeah, right? This is this is a pretty good nucleus to build around. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to take out, what, what is it, how do they say? There were like 500, 600, 700? Yeah, but I think around 700 white cloaks. So they're not going to be able to take that down, but they definitely can hunt some hunt some Trollocs. Yeah, right? 
so this is cool. Like like I said, this is this is really fun. Perrin riding through the countryside, becoming this leader, you know, that everybody respects. I'm really he, excited to see this story. Line. Yeah, it's neat, and it's. He points out a couple times that these boys that he's leading are older than he is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's just, he's Talveran, I guess. Well, he's giving orders to Tam and Abel, and they're just, like, rolling with it. Yeah, they are. And he, he apologizes at one point, and they're like, well, you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. I like your plan. <laughs> yeah. Free the people, kill all the Trollocs. It's, like, very straightforward, you know? <laughs> Easy to follow. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters 34 through 37 of The Shadow Rising. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. I don't have one of those. <laughs> if you have any comments or questions or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our website, thedragonreread.com. Uh, please look at our Patreon. The Patreon address has changed for various reasons. The Patreon is now patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club, which is who we are. <laughs> uh, please like us in real life. We're very likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.